Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everyone. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. Get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up. I'm just jamming right here. Welcome, everybody, to today's podcast. It is Thursday, June the 6th. Uh, No, it isn't. June the 8th. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) It's the sixth month, the eighth day, 2023. Uh, so glad that you guys are on today as we um, dive into Acts chapter 25, and we left off with 24 yesterday as Paul was, uh, after he spent two years in uh, basically under kind of house arrest, he had some freedom, uh, friends were able to come and take care of him, uh, so, but he's in jail, he's in prison, I don't know if he's actually under house arrest, but he's in He's detained, and so um, and so now there's a new ruler, Festus. Felix is passed, and now Festus. There's, if you think back through all the different uh, leaders that Paul stood before, it's quite a few. And you got uh, Herod, the uh, great grandson of Herod the Great, which was you know the the Herod that was in charge when uh, Jesus was born. Then you got Felix, Festus, and we're going to see he's going to be before uh, Agrippa before the end of this chapter. So yeah, so the gospel is is uh, touching a lot of the high reached, hard to reach places of the uh, of the Roman kingdom. All right, you guys, let's do it. Let's dive in. Let's see what the Lord has to say to us today from His Word, Acts chapter twenty five. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. Acts 25, three days after arriving in the Providence, Festus went up from Caesarea to Jerusalem, where the chief priest and the Jewish leaders appeared before him and presented the charges against Paul. They requested Festus, as a favor to them, to have Paul transferred to Jerusalem, for they were preparing to an ambush to kill him along the way. Festus answered, Paul is being held in, at, uh, at Caesarea, and I myself am going there soon. Let some of your leaders come with me, and the man, and if the man has done anything wrong, they can press charges against him there. Okay. So um, there's kind of a plot to attack Paul, but Festus is like, no, let's do this a different way. Let's... Uh, um, I'm going to go there. Let's uh, have your leaders come with me. And if the man has done anything wrong, they can uh, press their charges there. After spending eight or ten days with them, Festus went down to Caesarea. The next day, he convened the court and ordered that Paul be brought before him. When Paul came in, the Jews had come down. the The Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood around him. They brought many serious charges against him, but they could not prove them. Well, I mean, you know, you can sue anybody. 
and I guess things weren't so different back then. You know, you know, you real literally you can sue anybody for anything. In civil court, you can just sue them. You know, um, but you got to have proof. You know, you got to have some evidence. <laughs> uh, but you can, you know, just because someone is sued doesn't mean anything, really. I mean, because literally anyone can sue anyone. So, just, I mean, uh, I think often we think if someone gets sued, it's because they're guilty. Well, no, I mean, anyone who has enough money and ha wants to take the time and uh, can sue anybody else for practically anything. So they're uh, they're take they they're taking up their case against Paul, but they have a lot of serious accusations, but practically no proof. Then Paul made his defense, verse 8. I have done nothing wrong against the Jewish law or against the temple or against Caesar. Okay, so no, no violation of Jewish uh, religious law. Nothing against the temple or the temple structure. Uh, or even against the Roman, or against, uh, Roman authority. Festus, wishing to do the Jews a favor, they were always trying to keep the Jews happy. I mean, you go back to Pontius Pilate, you know, releasing one of the prisoners uh, when Jesus was being on trial. It was it was to you know it was a favor to the Jews um, because the, the Romans just they just wanted to keep peace. Right? They wanted to keep things. They they didn't like drama. They liked things peaceful. They liked things uh, harmonious, and you know they're. Their preferred way to keep peace and harmony was to bring down a, you know, the the, uh, the iron hammer. But, but nonetheless, they just assumed things stay uh, peaceful, homostatic. Um, so they said to Paul, "Are you willing to go up to Jerusalem and stand trial before me there on these charges?" Paul answered, I am now standing before Caesar's court, where I, where I ought to be tried. I have not done any wrong to the Jews, as you yourself know very well. If, however, I am guilty of doing something deserving of death, I do not refuse to die. But if the charges brought against me by these Jews are not true, not no one has the right to, to hand me over to them. I appeal to Caesar. Uh, Paul's Paul's smart man. Paul's shrewd here. Like he knows, um, he knows he's in better hands with with the Roman court than with the Jewish court. Because if he would just hand it over to the Jewish court, there, you know, they, they've already determined the end. There's no there's no just uh, trial going to happen there. So he's better with a, uh, in a sense, the Romans are a little bit of a third party because they don't, they really, they don't really care about the outcome. They just want to keep the peace. Uh, so they're not they're not interested in in um, settling any re any religious disputes at least not finally solving any religious disputes or they're not interested in throwing their weight or power on one side or the other they they throw they're throwing their weight on the side of peace but what we want is peace as we we don't want drama that's what side we're on <laughs> so Paul knows that is as a Roman citizen himself he has certain rights as a Roman citizen. And he's better off, he's more likely to get a fair shake, fair trial, if he appeals to the Roman court rather than the Jewish uh, proceeding. 
So he said, I appeal to Caesar. After Festus had conferred with his council, he declared, you have appealed to Caesar. To Caesar you will go. Okay. You appeal to Caesar. To Caesar you shall go. Verse 19, a few days later, King Agrippa and Bernice, that's somebody's grandma right there, Bernice. Somebody got a grandma, Bernie. Grandma Bernie. Grandma Bernice. Auntie Bernice. You know it. But, but anyway. A few days later, King Agrippa and Bernice arrived at Caesarea to pay their respects to Festus. Since they were spending many days there, Festus discussed Paul's case with the king. He said, there's a man here whom Felix left as a prisoner. When I went to Jerusalem, the chief priests and the elders of the Jews brought charges against him and asked that he be condemned. I told them that it is not in Roman custom to hand over anyone before they've, had, they've faced their accusers and have had an opportunity to defend themselves against the charges. When they came here with me, I did not delay the case, but convened the court the next day and ordered the man to be brought in. When his accusers got up to speak, they did not charge him with any of the crimes I had expected. Instead, they had, come, they had some points of dispute with him about their own religion and about a dead man named Jesus who Paul claimed was a lot. Hmm. So um, it's really interesting from uh, you know, Luke, the historian here, is kind of giving us the perspective of, um, of Festus. Um, and now you wonder, like, I mean, how did how did Luke have? I mean, these court, how did he know all of it? Like, he knew he knew he has this record of what was said and what he was uh, in this conversation. Did he interview him? I don't know. But it's obviously like firsthand, you know, perspective. Festus's firsthand perspective uh, of what happened. And he said, "I was honestly surprised that they." The charges they brought against Paul were not, you know, I'm a Roman authority. I would think it would be some sort of charge that would get my attention, that he had threatened the Roman government or threatened to riot or cause rebellion. But actually, the points of contention were over their own religion. That there were points of dispute about their religion and that, some, that Paul's walking around talking about this dead man Jesus is a lie. I was at a loss how to investigate such matters. I mean, he's real, right? What am I supposed to do with that? Am I supposed to go around looking around for, for the Jesus that was dead but now is alive? Huh? I was at a loss at how to investigate such matters. So I asked if he would be willing to go to Jerusalem and stand trial, the, uh, stand trial there on these charges. But when Paul made his appeal to be held, uh, to be held over for the emperor's decision, I ordered him held until I could send him to Caesar. So this is basically a re recapping of the, the uh, events to this point. Now, when Paul appealed to Caesar, you know, that's sort of a, you know, that's an official sort of statement. I appeal to Caesar. Like, I, I, I'm claiming my Fifth Amendment. <laughs> I plead the Fifth. <laughs> you know, I, I, cl I claim my right to a, to a fair trial. Uh, I claim my rights as an American citizen. I, in Paul's case, I claim my rights as a Roman citizen. I, I appeal to Caesar. Well, once he invoked that, um, there was a certain process that needed to happen. Then Agrippa said to Festus, 
I would like to hear this man myself. He replied, tomorrow you will hear him. Wow. So, um, you know, Paul is going to get an, is going to be heard uh, by King Agrippa. Pretty incredible. The next day, Agrippa and Bernice, Aunt Bernie, King Agrippa and Aunt Bernie, auntie, came with great pomp and entered the audience room with the high-ranking military officers and the prominent men of the city. Hmm. You get the picture. This is a, quite a proceeding, right? Uh, quite a uh, quite a scene. Got high-ranking military officers. You got you know a processional in the entourage. The likely some um, musicians um, and prominent who's who among the city. Hmm. At the command of Festus, Paul was brought in. Festus said, King Agrippa and all who are present with us, you see this man. The whole Jewish community has petitioned me about him in Jerusalem and here in Caesarea, shouting that he ought not to live any longer. I found he had done nothing deserving of death, but because he made his appeal to the emperor, I decided to send him to Rome. But I have nothing definite to write to his majesty about him. Therefore, I have brought him before all of you, and especially before you, King Agrippa, so that as a result of this investigation, I may have something to write. For I think it is unreasonable to send a prisoner on to Rome without specifying the charges against him. Hmm. So Paul, by appealing to Caesar, is asking for a... Uh, to be relocated and tried in Rome. Like, I want to go to Rome, and I want you to pay for it. <laughs> I mean, Paul, Paul wants to preach the gospel in Rome. So it's like, you know what? I'm going to get a free trip to Rome right here. I appeal to Caesar. And so um, he stands before um, King Agrippa. And, uh, hey, we got a little bit of time. Let's read some of this in chapter 26. Chapter 26, then Agrippa said to Paul, you have permission to speak for yourself. So Paul motioned with his hand and began his defense. King Agrippa, I consider myself fortunate to stand before you today as I make my defense against all the accusation of the Jews, and especially so because you are well acquainted with all the Jewish customs and controversies. Therefore, I beg you to listen to me patiently. The Jewish people all know the way I have lived ever since I was a child, from the beginning of my life, in my own country, and also in Jerusalem. They have known me for a long time and can testify, if they are willing, that I conform to the strictest sect of our religion, living as a Pharisee. And now it is because of my hope in what God has promised our ancestors that I'm on trial today. This is a promise our 12 tribes are hoping to see fulfilled as they honestly serve God day and night. King Agrippa, it is because of the hope that these Jews it's because of this hope that, these, that the Jews are accusing me. Why should any of you consider it incredible that God raises the dead? <laughs> Why should you consider it incredible that God keeps his promises, that God does what he said he's going to do? Man, some of you may need to hear that today. God keeps his promises. God's promises to you are faithful and true. God's promises to you 
or yes and amen in Jesus. You can count on it. That's what Paul's saying. He's saying, I'm on trial because I believe what God said he would do. <laughs> I believe he did what he said he would do. I too was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Remember, before he was a Christian, he opposed the church. And that is just what I did in Jerusalem. On the authority of the chief priest, I put many of the Lord's people in prison. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Many a time, I went from one synagogue to another to have them punished. And I tried to force them to blaspheme. I, I was so obsessed with persecuting them that I even hunted them down in foreign cities. Wow, it's really a window into Paul's uh, heart before he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And, and interesting how he frames that now. When he, when, when, before he was a Christian and he was forcing them to announce, to announce Jesus, listen now how he, he frames that. I tried to force them to blaspheme. <laughs> I tried to force them to say God hadn't done what God actually did. On one of these journeys, I was going to Damascus with the authority and with the authority and commission of the chief priest. About noon, King Agrippa, as I was on the road, I saw light from heaven, brighter than the sun, blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Then I asked, Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and all and will see of me. I will rescue from your own people and from the Gentiles. I'm sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from their darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so they may receive forgiveness of sins and place among those who are sanctified by faith in me and a place among those who are sanctified in me. Wow. That, man, what a commission, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm sending you to open their eyes. You know, that, child of God, friend, that's what you're called to do. You know, you, you may not, we're not all apostles, of course, but we're called as children of God, as those who've been, had our eyes open to the truth of Jesus, to go into our world and open people's eyes, help people see the goodness and the power and the holiness and the justness uh, and kindness of Jesus. Open their eyes. So what? So for, for what purpose? That they may receive forgiveness for their sins and they might find a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So then King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven. First to those in Damascus, then to Jerusalem and in Judea, then in the Gentiles. I preached that they would repent and turn to God and demonstrate their repentance by their deeds. That is why Jews seized me in the temple course and tried to kill me. But God has helped me to this very day. Mm, that beautiful phrase, but God. People trying to kill me, trying to bring me down, but God. How many times in your life things were going against you? You thought things were at the end. Financially, you thought you wouldn't make it. Your marriage looked like it was going to make it. You thought emotionally in your job you weren't going to make it, but God. God turned it around. Mm. But God helped me. Man, what a, what a beautiful testimony of the Word of God, right? But God helped me. I was at wit's end, but God helped me. Thanks be to God. Hmm. 
But God helped me to this very day, so I stand here and testify to small and great alike. I am saying nothing beyond what the prophets and Moses said would happen, that the Messiah would suffer, and that the first and as the first to rise from the dead would bring the message of light to his own people and to the Gentiles. At this point, Festus interrupted Paul's defense. You are out of order. You're out of of your mind, Paul, he shouted. Your great learning is driving you insane. Verse 25, I am not insane. Most excellent Festus, Paul replied. What I am saying is true and reasonable. The king is familiar with these things, and I can speak freely to him. So I'm not talking to you, Festus. You don't get it. But King Agrippa, you know I'm telling you the truth. And I'm convinced that none of this has escaped his notice because it was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you do. I love this. Paul, this is a great example of sharing the gospel. Paul starts with Scripture in this case, someone who understands Scripture, King Agrippa, shows how Jesus' coming is the fulfillment of Scripture. He shares his own personal story about how he encountered this. It's not just a, a historical story about Jesus, but then he shares his own personal story about how this historical Jesus, this historical reality of Jesus of Nazareth coming to fulfill the law and the prophets has intersected his own personal life and changed him, i.e. the road to Damascus. And then he engages King Agrippa into the story as well. What about you, King Agrippa? <laughs> Do you believe the prophets? So here's, the, here's his story, that is Jesus' story, the gospel. Here's my story, my, how, God, how, the, how the gospel has changed my life. Now I want to hear your story. Do you believe the prophets? King Agrippa said to Paul, do you think that in such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian? That's worth a shot. (laughs) Verse 29, Paul replied, short time or long, I pray to God that not only you, but all who are listening to me today may become what I am, except for these chains. Wow. That's bold, man. Paul's like, short time or long time, I just pray that every one of you get saved. Every person at the sound of my voice. Uh, would become as I am, that is, a servant of the Lord Jesus, minus the chains. Ah, that's beautiful. The king rose, and with him the governor and Bernice, Aunt Bernie, and those sitting with them, and after they left the room, they began saying to one another, this man is not doing anything that deserves death or imprisonment. Agrippa said to Festus, this man could have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. <laughs> There's just not enough. There's not enough to, you know, He's not doing anything wrong. He's uh, just sharing what God has done. And um, wow, it's awesome. Well, thanks so much for being on. Hey, we did two chapters today, two chapters. So uh, just, we wouldn't have felt right leaving it just without having Paul testify before King Agrippa. So, man. Well, I pray this was an encouragement to you. I hope you have a great weekend this weekend. We'll be back at it on Monday. Uh, thank you for spending time in the Word of God. Hey, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your holy word. Thank you for um, this inspiring story from the Apostle Paul, how he boldly proclaimed the good news and the, um, the example of how he did that, of telling the story, your story, of how you kept your promises throughout history and how Jesus was the fulfillment of all of your word and how Jesus changed his life and then 
invited someone else into the story. God, I pray that we would learn from that, that we would have opportunities to share the gospel, to share our story and invite, invite others in, so that, as Paul said, not a single person that we encounter would go away not knowing and responding to the Lord Jesus, that people might receive forgiveness of sin and a place at the table by faith in him. Praise God. Thank you for that place at the table, Lord. Thank you for that place at the table with my friends, each one um, as a part of this family. Lord, may you bless each one, encourage, may you strengthen and provide each one whatever they need today by the, by the magnitude of your precious grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you today, guys. Hope you have a fantastic day. What a wonderful passage from uh, Acts 24 and 20, or 25 and 26. Beautiful stuff, man. Worth reading again and studying. Such, such a powerful truth in there. I hope it encourages your heart today. Love you guys. I really mean that. Thank you for liking, subscribing, commenting, all of those things. I really do appreciate that. And um, I hope you know that, that I really, I really um, appreciate the time that it's taken to do those things. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.